Dragons, and welcome to the first episode of Bites of Spam. This is a new idea that I'm chasing down for 2019, and basically it's something that's come about to address the, shall we say, intermittency with which Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug episodes can be recorded. I mean, don't get me wrong, Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug, I love it, and it's not going away, but... It's hard sometimes, especially with my schedule and the commitments I have in my real life, to sit down, find time to sit down and record hour-length, 90-minute-length sessions with other people. I'm still going to be trying to have those recording sessions. I'm still going to try to set up those recording sessions for others to take part in as much as possible throughout the course of 2019. But so that the podcast feed doesn't go quiet for too long... What I also want to try to do is have these little episodes, and initially it'll probably be just me submitting them, but the idea behind Bites of Spam is that, you know, it's like 15 minutes at most, maybe, for someone, myself, or another member of the UDIC, to just go on about a topic for a little bit that's, you know, near and dear to their heart, Um, preferably gaming-related, it may not always be, we'll see, but that is the new idea, that's the idea behind Bites of Spam. And so, with that in mind, I hope you enjoy this first episode of Bites of Spam, in which I'll be talking about a game that's near and dear to my heart and some recent interesting news that may just be promising for fans like me. This actually is old news, you know, talking about this in January 2019, when the news itself actually broke in like September of 2018. But the news is about a game that I know I've talked about before on Spam 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 Humbug. It's a game that if you know me, you know I'm really quite passionate about. But it's not Ultima, it's Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. This was a 2011 RPG released by Big Huge Games, published by Electronic Arts under the EA Partners program, okay? And it actually gets even even weirder than that, of course. You know, at the time, Big Huge Games was owned by 38 Studios. And the development history of the game is actually really, really interesting. But first off, to, to really underscore why it's interesting, the news that broke in September was that THQ Nordic had acquired the Reckoning IP. So now let's go back in time a little bit. Because, of course, at the time that Reckoning was released, Big Huge Games was owned by 38 Studios. Now, this is uh, this studio was an MMORPG studio created by Kurt Schilling, NBA pitcher and Ultima Online fan, evidently. And he thought, you know, that uh, he might be able to manage a studio as it created a game. And Kingdoms of Amalur, the MMO, also known as Project Copernicus, um, back when it was, you know, that was its development code name, it looked amazing. Like, it really did. The, the gameplay videos that we did see, or at least the, the world fly-through videos that we did see, like, it looked really good. And Schilling had lined up an, an amazing amount of talent, you know, like, um, the Amalur universe, he had hired R.A. Salvatore, 
you know, fantasy author of significant note to develop like this 10,000 year history. And there were going to be maybe like novel tie-ins. Um, so this massive amount of like storyline and history was developed for the game with the idea being that, you know, like kingdoms of Amalur could fit into one period in time. And then if there were other games tied to the franchise, they could fit elsewhere into this history. All of that, of course, was scrapped when 38 Studios folded uh, due to some financial mismanagement and other issues. They ran out of money and were basically, they just went bankrupt and the ownership of them passed to the state of Rhode Island, who I guess had been the provider of most of the loans that they burned through and were unable to repay. And of course, with that came the shuttering of Big Huge Games. Now, since then, Big Huge Games has actually reopened. I don't I think they may be independent again. I'm not entirely sure. They're developing mobile games at any rate, so I haven't paid as much attention to them. But at any rate, Big Huge Games went down for a while and then came back. 38 Studios is gone for good. And for the longest time, the Reckoning IP just kind of sat in possession of the state of Rhode Island. And they sold off a lot of other stuff pertaining to 38 Studios, tried to recover what they could. I think they got pennies back on the dollar in terms of what they invested. But the Reckoning IP, they never sold until late 2018 when THQ Nordic swooped in and picked up the uh, the entire property. It, and I mean, like, the thing about THQ Nordic is they've kind of been on a spending spree lately. They acquired Time Splitters in August. Previous to that, they had acquired games like Titan Quest. Um, they just, they seem to be in this habit of like just buying up these older, somewhat forgotten or, you know, sort of put to the side properties and then refurbishing them. I mean, look at what they've done with Titan quest, for example, um, patches and updates, new content ported it to the Nintendo switch. I think maybe some other platforms too, like it's, they've done well with a lot of the stuff that they've purchased. And so it's kind of, you know, in a way, um, you know, in a way, it's like a really positive development for the Amalur IP because it raises hope that, you know, we might see, um, if nothing else, you know, a remaster of the game, um, if not some new developments in the Amalur universe, which again, like there was a rich history developed for that universe, a lot of story content kind of just put out there. Um, and I've talked a little bit on some Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug episodes about what I had heard was in store or was being kind of teased and worked around uh, or worked on, um, and discussed around big, huge games for the follow-up to Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. What's really funny in all of this though, is that Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning was actually in development for several years. And before big, huge games was acquired by 38 studios, they were actually owned by THQ. And then at some point THQ fell on financial troubles. Um, and then what was left of THQ was actually eventually bought by Nordic. Um, and so now they're just THQ Nordic, but anyways, big, huge games and the game they were working on was sold off. 38 studios bought them up, took a look at what they had been working on at the time and decided, uh, to work with big, huge games to basically retool their RPG to be set in the Amalur universe. And it's kind of unfortunate that, um, you can actually sort of see some of the seams as it were in the game, in the narrative, um, from where, you know, they went from, um, there's parts of it, like the whole thing about the Amalur universe, of course, is that it's, everything is fated. You know, it's very, it's, it's a fatalistic, deterministic universe. Everything, everybody has a fate. It's unavoidable. It's predictable. And, 
that's just what life is there. Except, of course, for you, the player in Kingdoms of Amal Reckoning, you are the fateless one. You have broken out of the hold of destiny and you are, you know, philosophically, it's such a mind-bending concept, right? The sole individual capable of exerting his or her will upon the world and, you know, essentially saying, you know, I don't have a destiny. I can alter my course and I can alter the course of events around me. And there are parts in the game that downplay this and don't really pay attention to it at all. And then there's parts of the game where it's just right there in the forefront and it shines in the writing. And you can unfortunately kind of see those seams. And that's kind of, you know, I think where a lot of the pre-38 studios and post-38 studios development, um, you can see where that happened. But at any rate, Reckoning, I love it as a game. Like it was just, it was the right blend of, you know, sort of that open world-ish. It wasn't truly open world. It was very large zones, very much like an MMO, I suppose. But that sort of, you know, expansive world, lots to just explore, gorgeous design, lots to see. Um, what was nice about it too is that it came out at a time where a lot of game companies were kind of looking towards Norse-type mythology for their uh, their background. And 38 Studios went in a, or Big Huge Games went in a different direction and adopted, you know, sort of much more Celtic folklore uh, as their background. The game popped with color, whereas other games, it's contemporary. Skyrim came out at the same time where kind of they featured more muted color. And the thing was, you know, you could just wander through the game and explore, and it was just almost idyllic at times. But then when you got into combat, it was just the most frantic, fast-paced, kinetic combat imaginable. And it sounds weird to discuss those two things side by side, but in-game, it actually worked really, really well. It gave the overall pace of the game. It was just about perfect. Anyways, it's cool then that, you know, in a way the game has come full circle. It was owned by THQ, and then THQ folded and sold the game off to 38 Studios, and then 38 Studios, and the game came into possession of the state of Rhode Island, and then Nordic bought THQ, and THQ Nordic has now bought Reckoning. So it's kind of come full circle in a way. Now, unfortunately, there's still one little fly in the ointment, and that is that, and this has been evidently confirmed by a THQ Nordic representative speaking to Eurogamer, it's evidently been confirmed that... EA still has to green light any remasters or um, updates to Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning because they still hold the publishing rights for it. Now that said, um, I don't know if that's the biggest obstacle because I mean, you know, like as not the, uh, I, I, I mean, my hope is that EA wouldn't be a big stick in the mud about this. That would, that would be my hope. I can't see a reason for them to be, you know, especially if it's going to mean get more game sales of, you know, a really great RPG that they were admittedly actually very happy with the sales of. But, you know, at any rate, they do still have publishing rights for it. So if THQ is going to do some kind of remaster, and I really hope they do because the game was already gorgeous. But I mean, you know, you could be brought into the current gen uh, with even more detail and textures. Um, oh, that would be so great. Plus there's a couple of little issues that it has running on Windows 10 on a touchscreen that I've uh, discovered inadvertently. Uh, and I've found the workaround for them, but it would be nice if those could get patched out as well, I think. But at any rate, that was the good news that I really wanted to gush about because, you know, like, I loved this game. It was so great. And it was just so unfortunate to see it end the way it did for big, huge games and for the Amalur franchise. And it's so cool now that THQ Nordic has picked it up again and could potentially do something new with it. I really hope they do. I mean, time will tell. 
is it will be a few years before we see anything else. But I really hope I get to explore Amalur again, because honestly, after Britannia of the Ultima series, Amalur is, you know, like, that is the fantasy world that I find it so easy to lose myself in. Well, this has been another episode, the inaugural episode of Bites of Spam. If you like what you've heard, do consider supporting the podcast and the Ultima Codex, which produces it, on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ultima Codex. You can also, of course, get in touch with us on Twitter at Ultima Codex, facebook.com slash the Ultima Series, at spam, 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 humbug, or ultimacodex.com, or you can send us an email, ultimacodex at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be virtuous. Thank you.